0: Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. If you run your eye over the liturgical calendar for the month of January, I think you may be surprised by the large number of the saints that are celebrated were teachers. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, St. John Bosco. Saint Angela Merici, Saint Francis de Sales and of course I suppose a premier among teachers Saint Thomas Aquinas. And each of course were drawn to teaching in their own particular situation and they had a particular direction to their their instruction and their education. Saint John Bosco of course believed that one of the ways to deal with orphan children who was just simply wandering around cities, living from uh, hand to to mouth, was to educate them and give them a skill. And he became a a great supporter of vocational uh, education for the young because he believed that offering them a skill gave them not only a sense of self-worth, but in fact a way of creating a means to support himself and, and to be a contributor to society. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton and St. Angela Merici were very interested in the education of young women and how, in fact, they were to be prepared to take their role in human society. St. Francis de Sales was a near genius in the education of children in the catechesis that he developed. And, in fact, even in his, his homilies and in his addresses to adults, There was always a sense of a a childlike attitude, a deep hunger for the truth and how the truth can transform us. And St. Thomas Aquinas, the teacher who taught above all things that there is truth, the truth can be obtained, it is marvelous, it is deep, and it takes work, concentration, but the reward is, in a sense, eternal. And in the face of all of these teaching saints, I think it is important to consider teaching as a vocation, as a true calling. Now, of course, uh, the history of the Catholic Church is really a long history of involvement in teaching. We know that the church in many parts of the world, even before Christianity was accepted in the Roman Empire, developed catechetical schools, uh, tried to develop teachers. And this desire to become a teaching church as well as a witnessing church is that there is a truth to be known. And for Christians, that truth can be known through the revelation of God to us. First of all, through the nature about us, through the nature that we, in fact, possess as human persons, and more perfectly, through God's revelation in Scripture, and particularly and fully in Jesus Christ. And added to this profound uh, belief that there is a truth to be known, and it is life-giving, There is an understanding that every human person is, by his or her own nature, oriented toward seeking and knowing that truth, that we have a capacity that can be developed that, as St. Augustine once famously said, will be the only thing that will calm our restlessness. And our hearts will be restless until they rest in God's truth. And the power of teaching this truth, and the power especially of awakening the young to it, is not only to attain the full dignity of the human person and to understand the meaning of human life, but to understand as well our destiny. For in the end is our beginning. And to know where we are going, to know that goal to which we are called, is to allow us then to shape our daily lives and the whole of our minutes and hours according to that end. And that is part of teaching as well. And I think there are certain elements to the vocation to be a teacher. I think every teacher should already be enthralled by the search for truth and by the truth that is discovered. And in a more simple sense, a teacher must believe deeply in what is taught is important and life-giving. This transformation of the teacher uh, himself according to the truth that has been discovered, is then joined to a deep hunger to share that possession that he has. And it is an act, really, of profound goodness and charity. There has to be a love of introducing uh, others to the truth. And part of that love is expressed in a real talent for being able to present what is shared in a way that the hearer can grasp it and be enthralled by it as well. Of course, we call that pedagogy. But that pedagogy is something more than a technique. It is profound sympathy with human persons, a sense of the individuality of each one of us, a sense also of developing among those individuals a sense of community for what is known is known to be shared. So there is also a moral element to teaching, that teaching is done as a way by which to, uh, to teach truth. And teachers are truth-tellers. There is also a morality that involves the good of the person being taught. That is, that a teacher teaches in order not only to convey the knowledge or the information, but also to help shape according to the pattern we know in Jesus Christ, a true human person. And this profound uh, morality is part of an expression, really, of any vocation. And here I'm talking about teachers in general, but I want to mention two particular teachers that are of fundamental importance mothers and fathers, married couples. When the church comes to define who are the pastors, who are the teachers within the church that are officially recognized, it begins with the bishops, the pastors appointed in in particular parishes, and the parents. And we have to remember that when a man and a woman are married before God and within the community of the church, they promise not only fidelity and dissolubility, but an openness not only to the bearing of children, but to the teaching of children. And parents are called to that vocation of marriage not only for their own sanctification, but for their vocation as teachers of the young. And this is a profound reality, and any society which wishes to be healthy and prosperous must never ignore the position of parents as teachers concerned with their own children. Now, the importance, the vital importance of teaching is one that has to be recognized in society in general. Teaching is the responsibility to nourish and pass on an authentic human community. That teaching begins in an atmosphere in which what we have received must be recognized and, and honored. It must be then not only received, but expanded, enhanced, and nourished. And it is all in the atmosphere of a reality that there is another generation following us. So every act of teaching is a consideration of the past, the present, and the future. And This is a profound responsibility of society. And teaching is not only the passing on of particular skills, deem necessary to providing for our economic well-being. In fact, sometimes when I hear people talk uh, talk about the needs for education, what we uh, should be teaching our children and whatnot, I begin to feel that they are really talking about forming our children merely into cogs in a vast economic machine. I once uh, reminded uh, a civil authority that these children are not only going to be prepared to be productive they're going to be voters so you should be consider, uh, concerned with what they know how they have been taught and how they recognize their own particular responsibilities to living out the truth and to living it out in a sound society there's also a delight that I think has to be awakened in the act of teaching in society, a delight simply in encountering what is good and what is true and what is beautiful. These not only enthrall the mind, they delight the heart and the imagination. Not everything that we want in our human life has to be useful or a tool. Some of it should simply make us happy. Give us a sense of reality, of stability, and a real joy in our life. So that teaching becomes, in society, achieving a deep sense of personal identity and individual worth. Teaching should uh, enable our young people to avoid falling into the trap of false ideologies, and false uh, promises, dressed up as a panacea for all of the ills of society and for achieving heaven on earth. We know this is not true, but there is a power and a goodness and a sheer joy in, in knowing what is true, how it is shared with others, and what it means to achieve that sense of being a person made in the image and likeness of God. And I should like to conclude by reading a passage that I found in one of the sermons of St. Bernard of Clairvaux on teaching. Actually, his uh, sermon was on the love of God and how we encourage others to understand that it is the love of God which is the primary fact of of their life, to discover it, to live it, and to enhance it. And St. Bernard said in his homily, For there are some who long to know for the sole purpose of knowing, and that can become shameful curiosity. Others who long to know in order to become known, and that is shameful vanity. To such as these we may apply the words of the satirist, your knowledge counts for nothing unless your friends know you have it. Boy, that can sting in some instances. And St. Bernard continues, There are others still who long for knowledge in order to sell its fruits for money or honors, and this is shameful profiteering. There are those who long to know in order to benefit themselves, and this is prudence. But there are others who long to know in order to be of service, and this is love.